this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag for Paris podcast. It's wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. And so welcome. Uh, glad you are joining us again this week. Uh, before we get rolling into this week's teaching, which is going to be about communion, I want to ask you a favor. And basically, we want to see who is watching on the other side. Uh, and so can you do me one real simple thing? Send us an email uh, to my email or just simply drop it in the comment section, whether you're watching on Facebook or on YouTube. And this is all we're looking for is where are you watching from? And so by that, I don't mean I'm watching from my couch or I'm watching from my kitchen, but are you watching from Paris, you know, Cambridge, Ottawa, Milton, that and then how many are you watching with? If it's just one, then just say yourself, it's with the others. We just want to know who we are connecting with because as we continue to stay online, we, we, we see opportunities to connect with more and more people. So we'd love to hear from you. Drop something in the comment section or send me uh, an email. Well, this week we're continuing in our series called Essentials. And it's a series that is essentially looking at what are some of the essentials when it comes to following Jesus? What are some of the core things that we need to hold on to? Because maybe for some of you, whether you are a follower of Jesus or not, you look at some of the things that happen in the church and you're wondering, is that essential? Or maybe you're even asking the question, like, why do they even do this? For example, communion. As you see the bread and the cup, you, you may think like, what's the deal with the bread? What's the deal with the cup? Why do they call it different things? I mean, I've been in churches and they call it communion. And then others talk about the Lord's Supper. And then others talk about the Eucharist. So which one is it? Is one right? Is one wrong? Like, what are we talking about? And, and for some of us, it, it may be a place of like, this is confusing. I, I, I don't understand it. And, and is it really that important in the first place? And so today... I really hope that not only will it become more clear in terms of what communion is, what it represents, but, but how it becomes meaningful in the midst of our lives. This, this series is, is, is really based on the beginning of the movement of Jesus, that, that following Jesus' death and then resurrection, there was a small group of individuals. It started with 120 that, that were carrying on the ministry that Jesus had begun. That as Jesus ascended into heaven, he's like, I want you to go and make disciples. I want you to baptize. I want you to teach them. And remember, I will be with you always. And the book of Acts is the beginning of the early church movement. And very early on, we, we see what becomes important to them. And in Acts chapter 2, as this movement is beginning to grow, it's gone from 120 to over 3,000, we get a real good insight as to what was important. And I just want to pull out two real quick verses to help set the context around why do we celebrate communion? What is it all about? In Acts 2 verse 42, it says this, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. They worshiped together each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. It's right there, very early on, we, we see that the early church, these, these first followers of Jesus, shared in the Lord's Supper. They, they, they celebrated communion. And, and the question we start with is like, is like, why? Is this, is this something they've been doing for a long time? Actually, no. It's something that had only been going on for literally a couple of months. It was something that was relatively new. And guess what? It was something that Jesus 
taught them about. So if we really want to understand, like, why 2,000 years later do we celebrate communion, we go back to the example of Jesus. Real quickly, the context is this. It's on the night before Jesus is to be crucified. And so, such a pivotal time in Jesus' ministry where, where Jesus is not only teaching his disciples, but, but, but he's showing them things that are going to be critical and essential to following him. And it's right here that his disciples have come to Jerusalem to actually celebrate another significant celebration for the nation of Israel. The Jewish people celebrated Passover every single year because long in their history, it was a recognition of when God came and delivered them, saved them from slavery at the hands of the Egyptians. And so every year, the Jewish people would gather and celebrate Passover to, to remember, to give thanks, and to recognize what God had done in their past to save them. And it's right here, when Jesus has gathered together with his disciples, about to celebrate something incredibly meaningful for the Jewish people, that Jesus takes them a step further. So let's jump in. Mark chapter 14, beginning in verse 12, this is what we read. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, in the evening Jesus arrived with the twelve. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, for this is my body. He then took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. It's right here. On that night when seemingly for the disciples, everything was about to go wrong, that Jesus did something completely new. He took what was familiar to them, the celebration of Passover, and he took it a step further. For the Jews, Passover celebrated God saving them from slavery. But Jesus was, was giving them a, a practice to, to be reminded of everything that was about to happen because Jesus knew the following day he was going to be crucified. He, he was going to be brought to the cross and there was going to be confusion. There was going to be misunderstanding. But this was a pivotal moment. It's here that Jesus was transferring from, yes, Jesus has, God has saved you in the past from the slavery of the Egyptians. But through my death and then my resurrection, I will save you from the bondage of sin. It's why Jesus took bread and he broke it and he says, this is my body which will be broken for you. It, it was a symbol of this incredible act of love that he was going to do. It's why Jesus then took the cup and says, this cup is a new covenant which shall be sealed with my blood. For without the shedding of blood, this will be the ultimate sacrifice of how I too will save you from your sins. Communion, the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, represents what is so significant when it comes to us following Jesus. Why do we celebrate communion? Because communion represents not only what Jesus did, it recognizes who Jesus is. Let, let me unpack this for us real quickly. What Jesus did. Have, have you ever wondered and asked the question, like, why is the cross the symbol of the Christian faith? I mean, why not the empty tomb? 
Why not a dove? Why not a heart? Why, why not something? Why the cross? Because the cross represents the greatest act of God's love for us. It, it reminds us that that love, life-changing love, requires sacrifice. Listen, love, love is one of those well-worn words, isn't it? It's, it's a word that often we, we like to use to describe so many things. But, but oftentimes when we speak of love, we, we speak of conditions or we speak of emotions. We, we even talk about how we fall into love and we fall out of love. And, and so is this what we talk about when we speak of God's love for us? No, it's something entirely different. It's, it's a love that is not based upon conditions. It's, it's not based upon emotions. It's not based upon, well, today I feel like loving, but tomorrow I won't. No, it's based upon God's commitment to us that is demonstrated through sacrifice. I don't know about you, and you can push back on me a little bit on this, but, but I believe the greatest example of love is not in how it makes you feel, but what rather in the sacrifice you are willing to make. I mean, think about it from a human perspective. When, when we think of love and we think of the love that parents show their children, you, you talk to any parent as, as children, as you grow up and you become parents or, or you have a better understanding, you begin to recognize the incredible sacrifices your parents have made for you. How they sacrifice financially, how they sacrifice uh, physically, how they sacrifice uh, emotionally, how, how they make sacrifices. And let's be honest, I'm, I'm a parent. I don't always feel like it. I don't necessarily even want to do it. But I recognize that in order for me to fully love my kids, regardless of how old they are, I need to make sacrifices for them. I remember when my kids were little and they would wake up at 2 a.m. in the morning and I'd sit there and be like, I do not feel like getting out of bed. I do not feel like losing more sleep. But it was a sacrifice I was willing to make. As your kids get older and you wait up for them to come home, you too are making sacrifices. And, and this, this is only beginning to scratch the surface. Love requires sacrifice that is based upon commitment. And all of my examples pale in comparison to the incredible love that God has shown to us in Jesus, this sacrifice that he has made. And so why communion? It reminds us again of Jesus' sacrifice for you and for me. On that night, after Jesus had celebrated and, and, and broken bread and had them drink from the cup and the disciples weren't really sure what was going on, they, they went off into the garden and Jesus basically just asked his disciples, will you pray for me? Because Jesus knew what was about to happen and his disciples couldn't even stay away. And so Jesus goes off by himself and he begins to pray and essentially he prays to the Father, if there's any other way, take this cup from me. What Jesus was saying in that prayer is, I don't want to die for these people. He, he didn't feel like it. Yet he says, not my will, but yours be done. That is the sacrificial love of Jesus. That's, that's why the cross is so significant. That's, that, that, that's why we come and we celebrate communion. We recognize again what Jesus has done. But it's more than that. Communion also reminds us who Jesus is. There's a lot of talk, and maybe you land in this camp. Is Jesus a great teacher? Is Jesus a prophet? Is, is Jesus just an incredible moral example? Yes, but he's so much more. It's an understanding that Jesus is fully God, that, 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 that Jesus was without sin, and so he took upon the sin of you and me and paid the penalty through dying on our behalf. 
You see, communion reminds us that as followers of Jesus, it's, it's not about what we have to do. It's rather what God has done for us. Communion for me reminds us not only who Jesus is, but it's a declaration of my need for Jesus in the midst of all of life. And that's why the early church celebrated communion regularly. They, they celebrated in their homes. They, they, they just celebrated when they came together to keep their focus on Jesus, to be reminded of what is essential. And that is the sacrificial death of Jesus for them. So what's our takeaway? I, I mean, in a moment, we're going to come and we're going to celebrate communion together. It might seem a little odd, but I really hope this is more than just a history lesson because you can go away and say, like, oh, this is rather interesting, but, but rather, how does it begin to become meaningful for you? And this is where I land on the various names that we use to, to celebrate what Jesus instituted with his disciples. And I really hope that when we think of the other names, it, it doesn't bring confusion, but rather a greater richness in terms of what it is that we are celebrating. So, for example, when we call it the Lord's Supper, we, we reminded that it was instituted by Jesus, that we keep our focus upon him, that, that, that when we come and we break bread and we drink from the cup, it's not about are you Presbyterian, are you Baptist, are you Catholic, are you Pentecostal, but are you a follower of Jesus? Or the word communion. Communion actually represents this idea of participation. That as followers of Jesus, we are active. We are not passive. That we are participating with others. But we're also participating with God. That we recognize our need for Jesus. And then finally, the word Eucharist. Eucharist is the word that I use the least. But as I was thinking about this week, I need to use it more. Eucharist actually comes from the word thanksgiving. And how much more appropriate? I mean, Jesus, when he broke bread and he gave the cup, he says, do this in remembrance with thanksgiving. I don't know when you're watching this, but we're recording during Thanksgiving weekend. And I don't know what your tradition is and what you eat on Thanksgiving, but Likely, this is the weekend where you pause and you stop and you think a little bit more intentionally about what it is that you are thankful for. Family, friends, health, job, opportunities. That's why we're celebrating communion. To be mindful that in the midst of everything that we celebrate, in the midst of everything that we are thankful for, may we give thanks for Jesus, for his life, his death, his resurrection, for for the hope and the life that we have in and through him. Communion is essential, as it always brings us back to Jesus. And so where do we go from here? Maybe for some of you watching, you've heard about communion, you've been kind of confused by it, but you've never come to a place where you said, yeah, Jesus, I want you in my life. I I want you to be my Lord. I, I want to recognize you as my Savior. Perhaps today is the day. Maybe you join us for communion. Just grab some bread or what you can grab, a cracker and and something in a cup, and we're going to celebrate together. It is an act of saying, Jesus, I need you in my life. For those that have already made that commitment, it's an opportunity for us to be reminded again of the significance of Jesus. Because as Jesus did, so we do. We take bread and we set it apart from regular use so that it can become a, a symbol of something far more significant. And he broke it as a representative of Jesus breaking his body for you and for me. We then just take the cup. 
in the same way that Jesus did as a means of recognizing how Jesus sacrificed, how Jesus literally poured out his blood for you and for me. It was the ultimate act of love as a means of giving thanks. And so wherever you are, with whatever you have, may we celebrate and give thanks together. Maybe in this moment you can just think of what is meaningful about Jesus in your life and to say thank you and to acknowledge your need for him. So let us break bread, the body of Christ broken for you and for me. Let us remember, but let us give thanks together. And then let us take the cup. Let us remember that this is the new covenant. This, this is the way that, that God establishes relationship with you and with me through the shedding of his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. So let us drink in remembrance, but also with thanksgiving. And so for those of you that perhaps for the very first time have celebrated communion in a more meaningful way, I would love to hear from you. I would love to encourage you and, and, and just chat with you further around what a next step could look like for you. So send me an email. We'd love to connect. For all of us, my hope is that in the midst of wherever you are, that you would truly give thanks for the goodness of God in Jesus, for his life, his death, his resurrection, that we are thankful that we put our focus always upon him. Let me pray as we conclude. And so Lord Jesus, as we gather here today, as we come and we, we're in different places and we're sitting in different locations, I have no idea what people are going through, but God, you do. And so may they know your presence. I pray that as we even just celebrate communion, as we break bread and drink from the cup, that it would not just be something we go through, just going through the motions, but it would be meaningful for all of us. As we recognize, Jesus, not only who you are, but understand what it is you have done for us. And so may we celebrate this Eucharist. May we give thanks for you, Jesus. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. And so now may the blessing and the love of God the Father, the grace and the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the peace and the comfort and the hope of the Holy Spirit be with you today and in all of your tomorrows. Amen. today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 1030 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. 
Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B.ca. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, we have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get back, right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.